keep things moving here on Box to Road, joined by a gentleman in his third season as the head football coach at Marshall. You know, we had him on the program last year, and I said this last year, and I haven't had anyone to dispute it as of yet. He is the second HBCU graduate to be a head coach at an FBS program. Marshall, 4-0 on the season, going to be on the road. As a matter of fact, right here in Raleigh on Saturday, taking on NC State as Charles Huff joins us here uh, on Box to Row. Coach Huff, what's going on? Welcome back to the program. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on. Um, obviously, you didn't get too many poor ratings uh, for my first time being on, so um, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I uh, really appreciate you guys you know, keeping an eye on us, following us. Um, it's been a good year. Uh, we're excited. Still got a lot of work to do, but we're excited about the opportunity. And I'd be remiss if I didn't. And, and first of all, I think we got some great reviews because I think the conversation you and I had last year was was really, really good, and we'll get a little bit more into that. I'd be remiss if I, if I did not mention that you're on a nine-game winning streak. That said, you said that we're paying attention to you, but some of the writers are not, and the coaches, they're not paying attention to you, Coach Huff. You guys should be. You've beaten an AAC opponent. You've beaten an, 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 uh, a, a Power 5 opponent in Virginia Tech. You're on a nine-game winning streak, yet you're not ranked in the top 25. I mean, there's people that make a lot more money than me to make those decisions. Um, and honestly, you know, it, I, I, I'm a person, I'm, I'm lucky. I don't have a lot of stress in my life other than third down. <laughs> and it really comes from really not worrying about things you can't control. You know, we were ranked in the top 25 at the bottom, at the top, not ranked. We still have to go out and play really well this week against NC State. We still have to go out and, you know, prepare and take care of our bodies for the rest of the season. So, we focus on the things we can control. You know, I think you create value in what you do every day. Um, so I just try to get my players, to, you know, it's the same thing with our players. There's some lists that our players think they should be on, maybe not should be on. I try to get them to focus on what you can control, and that's coming out every day, preparing really well, um, getting ready to go play really hard and execute consistently. Ultimately, the good Lord will put you where you need to be when you need to be there. Um, but those people who make a lot more money than me don't think we should be on it, so we just keep chipping away. Um, and, and, and trying to find a way to get better and get ready for this week. When we're off the air, I'm going to translate that for my listeners a little bit, uh, a little bit once we're <laughs> once I, I got you, I, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, but, but, but in saying that, I mean, you're right. You, you can only control what you can control. So you're going to go out and play and you've done that uh, very, very well. Let me get your thoughts on the victory, a conference game um, over uh, your last game over ODU. Uh, your thoughts on your team's performance and the victory? Yeah, I, I think the one thing our team is is it's extremely resilient. I think it's extremely gritty. Um, you know, your your effort, your attitude, how hard we play, that's a non-negotiable in our program, so we're going to do that. We've got to execute more consistently. ODU is a really good football team, and they use a scheme uh, very similar to the old Baylor scheme where they got really, really super wide splits on offense, and they really box counted, and they force you to defend one or the other. Um, and they made some plays against us. They put us in some situations where we weren't able to play our base defense that we have a ton of reps at. We had to adjust some things, and they took advantage of it. But I was really um, proud that our guys, you know, kind of kept battling. Our guys found a way to settle down on defense enough so that the offense could, you know, take advantage of some of the things that they had out there. And then our special team showed up. So a really good team win. You know, obviously there's a lot of things we love to go back and clean up, but what we can point out from – from this victory throughout the rest of the season is all three phases are going to have to step up at some point. 
Um, and those games, when they're needed, you got to be ready to step up. Hopefully we can play a lot cleaner next week because this opponent is definitely uh, going to be a challenge. But I think we can learn, you know, all three phases stepped up. We got resiliency. We got grit. Um, and if you keep chomping away at it long enough, you ultimately put yourself in a good position. What do you have or who is, I, I should say, Cam Fancher, uh, your quarterback? He had 278 yards passing in the victory um, over uh, ODU. What, what do you – and also, I mean, he's, he's a dual-threat guy, ran for 102 yards. What do you have in this young man? Yeah, I think we got a really special player. I mean, he's not um, – he doesn't have as many games under his belt to where you can compare him to some of the other guys and you could say he's this or he's that. But what I've watched him do since the day he's got here is he's grown from a kid who wouldn't hardly say anything now to a kid that's commanding in the huddle, to a kid that's – you know, getting on guys for doing what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it the way it's supposed to be done. I've watched him do what so many kids refuse to do um, in today's world, which is compete um, and not complain or not compare. Um, You know, just go out and compete. Don't worry about, well, this person got two reps and I got one. Make your rep the best ever. And that's what he's done. And to watch his growth and maturity from day one to now um, and to know how much room he's still got to go, um, we've got something special, and as long as we can keep him healthy and keep him improving, um, I think we got a chance to really maximize some of his talents, and the people around him have a chance to benefit from that. Charles Huff in his third season as the head football coach at, uh, of course, Marshall joins us here on Box to Row. Of course, Coach Huff is a Hampton grad, and we'll talk a little bit more um, about that. I mean, your running game also, Coach Huff, is really, really getting it done, and it begins – uh, with Rasheen Ali. I mean, this is a young man that's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. I mean, my goodness, in four football games, he's already got nine rushing touchdowns. Uh, speak about him and uh, how well he's playing. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we all got a chance to see him a couple years ago when he burst on the scene as a freshman and really kind of took the nation by storm. And then he got hurt last year and was out some time. Um, And what he's done is he's really just kind of picked up where he left off. You know, when he got hurt, it gave him a chance to kind of step back and really look at, you know, the game of football. You know, the worst thing that could happen to him that happened to any, you know, really good player. Freshman year, he comes on, no experience, no no background, no anything, and he has an unbelievable year. So sometimes you think some of the things that uh, got you there just happened, you know. But when he got an injury, he realized, hey, I got to take care of my body. I got to study more film. I got to, you know, go back and look at how I can repeat this or what I need to do to improve. He trimmed his body now. Um, he's really big into the Muslim faith, you know, so he really got into his faith. And this year he's came back and he's done an unbelievable job. Obviously, a lot of the people around him have a lot to do with his success. But, you know, you watch his explosion, his twitch, his body control, those type of things. Um, I, I think he's a Sunday back. You know, I mean, obviously, again, there are people who make more money than me to make those decisions. But I've been blessed enough to be around a couple guys who are playing on Sundays in my career, and he has all those traits. The numbers would suggest – you can't always go by the numbers, but, I mean, if I look at the numbers, I look at your pass, your pass, your pass defense, the numbers would suggest uh, not only that 143 – you're only giving up 143 yards per game, that it's really, really good because teams rush almost as much as they pass the football – against you how good in fact is your pass defense well I think our pass defense is good because 
you know, up until last week, we had a really good run defense. You know, we were able to stop the run, so we're putting guys in advantageous passing situations for us, third and long, second and ten, um, in those type of situations. And when teams didn't feel or don't feel like they can just line up and run the ball on you, you can kind of really predict the, the, the routes and the route combinations. If they need ten yards, you really don't need to cover the five-yard out. Um, you know, so what we've been able to do is play complementary defense. Last week we had a few breakdowns, and if you look at the stats, our rush defense isn't as good because of that. But traditionally we've been really, really good at stopping the run, which puts most teams in unadvantageous passing situations. And our DBs and our DB coaches do a really good job of knowing, you know, hey, it's third and seven. You know, i got to protect the sticks. I can give away the two- or three-yard ball in the flat and rally and tackle it. Um, you know, hey, here are the routes they run on third and seven. So I think, again, because of our complementary defense, it's allowed each unit, the DBs and the pass pro, I mean, the pass scheme, uh, to kind of be a little bit more anticipatory of what's coming so they can kind of be more aggressive. Charles Huff, the head football coach at Marshall, joins us here on the program. The Herd uh, have a nine-game winning streak and are going to be on the road on Saturday in Raleigh taking on North Carolina State. Speaking of the Wolfpack, Coach Huff, your thoughts on some of the challenges the Wolfpack present? Yeah, these guys are really good. Um, we're thinking about getting to the stadium like 30 or 40 minutes earlier because I don't know if they'll let us off the bus. That's how good their defense is. Um, so we're going to try to try to figure <laughs> out a way to break down this wall. They do a really good job. They're aggressive. They're, their coaches have a really good scheme. They pressure you. They force you kind of out of your comfort zone. Um, they're really good against the run. They're aggressive against the pass. Obviously, Coach Doran's been there for 10 years. And in today's college football, no coaches anywhere for 10 years. Um, so for him to be there that long and still have the success just shows that he's built the culture the right way. They play to a certain standard. Um, this will be the toughest thing we play all year, um, just based on pure you know, 85 Power 5 scholarships. That's no disrespect to anyone else we play. Um, but the depth and the consistency in their program is going to challenge us. So we're going to have to play really clean in order to have a chance to be successful. We can't go out and turn it over and miss tackles. All the things that we've done in spurts um, so far, we got to eliminate, and we got to find a way to, to play to our standard. You know, it's not about going out and trying to beat NC State. It's about going out and playing to our standard. If our standard is good enough to beat NC State, then we will. Um, if it's not, we won't. But we got to focus on what we need to do rather than, hey, we're playing this logo or this Power 5 school, and we got to do something that we've never done. Well, that's unrealistic. We've got to play to the standard that we practice with every single day. We've got to play to the standard that we meet with. We've got to play to the standard of expectation of execution. And if it's good enough, we'll win. Yeah. You know, as unfortunate as it is, uh, today we're still talking about black head coaches and uh, specifically in uh, FBS, you're one of of a handful. As a matter of fact, it's you, uh, Mike Loxley, I believe, the only two. I think Syracuse lost, so maybe the only two that are undefeated um, at this point. A lot of people are watching Deion Sanders at Colorado and, and believe that as, as a black coach, if Deion Sanders has success, it may bode well for other uh, black coaches. I would say maybe – the success you're having would in fact lead to uh, success for other, for other black head coaches to get uh, opportunities as unfortunate as that is. Um, do you, do you feel, you know, I don't know, maybe a, a, a sense of, um, 
of um, I don't want to say responsibility, but do you kind of do you kind of feel what I'm saying? Well, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, you know, anytime you get an opportunity to pave a way for anybody, um, I think that's your your responsibility. I think it's your responsibility to leave any situation better than you know it was when you got there. I think it's your responsibility to, just like our parents and ancestors and people that came before me, Tyrone Willingham, Dennis Green, um, all of those guys, Art Shell, you know, in the NFL, all of those guys made it easier for me to sit in the chair that I'm sitting in. Um, and I think it's my job to make it easier for, you know, someone growing up, you know, it's four or five years old that wants to be a, a head coach. Um, it's my job to make it easier. Um, I don't think it's necessarily my job to force the hand of a, you know, a school or a company or whatever to hire someone. But I think it's my job to do the best that I can so that someone may say, hey, this guy reminds me of Charles Huff. Doesn't matter what color he is. He has some of the same traits. You know, I think we, we follow um, the greats in our in our history and our tradition um, and everything, right? You know, this guy reminds me of Kobe Bryant. This guy reminds me of Michael Jordan. This guy reminds me of Larry Bird, whatever it may be. But it's because of the traits and the characteristics that people show on a daily basis. And I think that's my responsibility to show those traits and characteristics on a daily basis so that the way can be paved and I can, you know, pass down what was passed down to me from some of those guys. And in the same vein as an HBCU grad, because again, as mentioned, you're only the second. Of course, Willie Jeffries, the first at South Carolina State. I mean, in the same vein as an as an HBCU grad, right? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of like you know, you say, well, what side of the tracks did you grow up on? If you grew up on this side of the tracks, and you've never seen anybody from that side of the tracks make it any higher than whatever that level is, it's hard for you to be able to visualize yourself, you know, making it. So. Me coming from Hampton University to historically black university and being able to sit in the chair I'm in, maybe that gives someone else, um, you know, the vision or at least the, the, the pathway to say, hey, even though I went this route in college, I can still chase my dreams at the highest level. Uh, and I think that's something that um, subconsciously I carry every day, you know, and, and the way I conduct myself and the way I make decisions that affect, you know, multiple people, Um you know, because I think, again, if you if you don't necessarily see it, it's hard to think that you can achieve it. And I, hopefully I'm a small beacon of light for, you know, someone along the way. And maybe it's not football coach. Maybe it's CEO. Maybe it's, you know, doctor, lawyer, whatever it is. Um, I hope that, you know, my presence and my work consistently shows that, hey, you can make it from whatever path you may take. Three last thoughts. I look at your coaching resume. Started out, you know, at Tennessee State, then went to Maryland Hampton. Vanderbilt, even to the National Football League with the Buffalo Bills, Western Michigan, Penn State, Mississippi State, Alabama, uh, and then, of course, now uh, at Marshall. Was it always your, you know, is this being a head coach, uh, whether it's college or or even at the professional level, I'm assuming that's something you always wanted to be. Yeah, I've, I've wanted to be, you know, a coach since I was five years old. When I when I was six, um, you know, I, I remember this vividly. I know it's hard to say what do you remember at six, but my dad always brings it up. You know, I, I told my dad I wanted to be the first African-American head coach to win a national championship. Uh, we were watching Lou Holtz and Notre Dame on TV, and they won a national championship, and I said, I, I want to do that. And my dad said, you know, an, an African-American coach has never done that, son. And I remember vividly, I said, I want to be the first. Um, and kind of from that moment on, that's been the path that I've been on, you know, and, and I don't have a, 
you know, a destination. Hey, I got to get to this school or that school to do it. I just, that's just what I want to accomplish in my life. I want to be, um, you know, the, the kind of the pave the road for, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are. You can coach at a major college level and you can win a national championship. Um, if you have the right plan, the right process, the right resources. Um, so that's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, you know, hopefully the good Lord allows me to be able to continue throughout my career to get to a point or a place where I have an opportunity to do that. And then, I mean, Joe Taylor has a tremendous coaching tree. Um, you're th- you played uh, for Coach Taylor. Um, your thoughts on, first of all, playing for Coach Taylor and, and who he means to you? Yeah, he, he was kind of like the the professional father figure that, you know, I, I never got a chance to see. You know, he was the, the head coach who was able to have the CEO mindset but was also able to relate to young men and, you know, and kind of change them from being knucklehead boys into, you know, polished and professional men. Um, and I watched him do that. And what stood out to me was the effect he had on young men's lives. And I watched, you know, guys come in from all over the country, rough around the edges. And I look at them now and there's doctors, lawyers, heart surgeons, military personnel, NFL players. Um, and, and I know the messages and the um, standards and the pillars of the program that he forced us to kind of stand on um, has made us all who we are um, in our own rights. Um, and, and I saw that and I saw that firsthand. And I said, like, that that's what I want to be, you know. Um, I, I want to be the coach that can do it all. You know, I want to call plays. I want to have, you know, a great schematical mind to be able to help players achieve. I want to be able to help men mature. I want to be able to take kids that are rough around the edges and show them a daily model of what uh, what it looks like to be a man, what it looks like to be um, an African American in a in a major CEO position. You know, I want to show them, hey, every guy that you see in a suit, you are not in trouble. You know, you're not you know going to see your your parole officer. Men can wear suits and not be um, law enforcement or a job interview. This is how you know. This is how it's done, and I was able to see that firsthand for myself. And that's something that I've always tried to kind of emulate um, in my day to day walk. And then, what do you remember most about your days at Hampton? You know, it was probably the camaraderie of the guys. You know, I think that's that's value gets a little lost in today's world, just because. You know, Transfer Portal, NIL, everyone kind of has their own brand. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have TikTok. We didn't have that type of Instagram, that world. Uh, we had each other, you know. So our, our brand was our football team brand. You know, you didn't have one guy who was, you know, selling T-shirts on the side and had his own business and those type of things. And nothing's wrong with that. It's just times have changed. Um, and what has happened now is you become – uh, collectively individualized. Um, and we didn't have that back then. It was us. We were together. You know, back then everyone stayed around for three or four years. Of, I mean, for four or five years of school then. Uh, now it's more three or four. Um, so you kind of grew up together, you as men, you know, and you watch guys evolve, you know, so that, that that's probably what I miss the most. Again, the Marshall is 4-0 on the season. Charles Huff is the head football coach in his third season. Marshall going to be right here in Raleigh on Saturday taking on North Carolina State. And the Herd has a nine-game winning streak as Charles Huff joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Huff, really appreciate your time, appreciate your candor, continued success to you and the Herd. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having us on. I appreciate you covering the Herd. and Best of luck to you and all your listeners. I look forward to seeing you guys out there cheering on Saturday, man. Go Hurt.